You have reached the voice mailbox of Game Thing Season 5 Code. You have 18 new messages. Friday, the 2nd of June at 2:42 p.m. Heads up, David. It's Pippin. Um, I didn't fax you. I thought I'd just call, but I guess you're out. Got the final game for the coding season. It's going to be another Zactronics game. I hemmed and hawed about this, but I think it's a good choice. I'll, I'll explain why. So we're going to do Exapunks. Uh, that is written in all capital letters. It is from 2018. Uh, and, yeah, developed and published by our friends at the no longer extant uh, Zactronics has the classic Zactronics-style description, uh, quote, read zines, write viruses, hack everything, end quote. Uh, and the scene is set as follows, quote, the year is 1997. You used to be a hacker, but now you have the phage. You made a deal. One hack, one dose. There's nothing left to lose. Except your life. End quote. Uh, so it sounds exciting. Sounds like we've got some kind of disease. And we need to hack to stay alive. That should make it very exciting and impactful. Uh, but yeah, I probably I, I chose this because I'm curious about whether we've learned any, <laughs> whether we've learned anything over the season. Maybe whether you've learned anything over the season. No, just kidding, just kidding. Uh, but you know, Shenzhen IO was a real bear, I think, uh, for both of us, and in slightly different ways, but it still challenged us a lot. We've played a few games since then, six games. Uh, you know, are we ready to play this kind of game with some some real confidence? Um, but also, I like this game as a choice because I kind of see shades of the seasons games here uh, throughout. So there's the the kind of combative programming orientation that we have uh, in Carnage Hut uh, with our fighting robots sort of reflected here. It looks like the, the graphics, at least in the trailer, indicate that there's a sort of metaphorical representation of these viruses uh, that we program as little robots that are kind of walking around in simulated environments. Uh, definitely the hack the world idea that we had in Else Heartbreak. Uh, going by the screenshots again, definitely a brutal return uh, to the assembly style uh, programming familiar from Shenzhen IO, uh, but also Comet 64 and even really human resource machine uh, was assembly code uh, style thinking. Uh, the heistiness, the heistiness of uh, quadrilateral cowboy, the hackiness of hacknet, all of the flavors. Uh, so David, uh, let's you and I hack the rainbow. Bye bye. Friday, the 2nd of June, at 6.46 p.m. Hey, Pippins, David. Exapunks it is. Exapunks it shall be. Exapunks it will be in the summertime here. Lock and load. Let's jack in. Let's do this thing. All I really know about Exapunks is um, what you just said, reading about it a little bit online, being aware of it a while ago, and um, emailing with Zach. Um, as I was weighing getting this season going, and Zach didn't single out Exapunks, but he emailed me a couple of months ago that it, like many of his company's games, are about employment. And I think this probably will be clear once you dive in. It's not really clear in the cool, flashy trailer or the uh, Hacksaw's text you read about it. 
But Zach said, uh, Exapunks is about working for a rogue AI so that you can afford an expensive, life-saving drug. So uh, this sounds like a cool work of pure science fiction and not something that is maybe <laughs> ahead in our lifetimes for some of us. Uh, other than that, I can just share with you, I see on Steam, um, a game developer friend of mine wrote an early access review of this in 2018. He said, Zach is back and better than ever, more accessible than Shenzhen IO and TIS 100, but still rewarding and fun, great vibe and concept. And then, uh, he played about 5.2 hours and then below that most helpful review voted up in my feed is from someone who's played 63.7 hours. They say, disclosure, I am a programmer. I learned to program on the Z80 first in TI basic, then assembly. This is like that but harder. So, I mean, whatever. I don't really know that like the difficulty of these things is necessarily, uh, the thing for us to be sticking on, although onboarding inevitably we'll talk about, I'm sort of curious about, you know, once we push past there, what is there to talk about? What does this tell us about, um, you know, we should make it count. This is the last one, you know, like what, what does code in games tell us? What does game in codes tell us? What does Pippin tell David tell us? What does, uh, on and on and on. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Saturday, the 3rd of June. At 2.22 p.m. David Walensky is back and better than ever. Uh, hey, David, it's Pippin. Yep, so I've officially played some of the game about <laughs> about 85 minutes exactly. Uh, opens up with some tutorials that I think, um, you know, just in terms of the onboarding stuff, are much more friendly than many of these games have been in that the exact problem that you're solving is explained in this zine that you're reading so that um, they're not too hard. Um, and definitely a relationship to a game like Human Resource Machine in the sense that we have this sort of physical manifestation of the code that we're writing as controlling sort of a little robot in a series of rooms where it... Uh, grabs onto files and reads and writes them and moves to another room and puts a file down and so forth. So much, much easier to, to grasp, I think, than the abstract data flows um, of something like Shenzhen or Comet64, etc. Same idea that we saw in Bots Are Stupid and other games uh, of having bar charts to show where you rank to incite you to, to do more tricky coding. Uh, that's working on me so far, although I haven't been particularly tricky. And you know, we've got we've got quite a bit of experience now with this sort of assembly light language. Um, but again, in this game, it feels a little bit more physical. Maybe um, there's like sort of an instruction for going through what amount to doors, picking up files that amount to objects, uh, and killing yourself, <laughs> and so forth. Um, and there's also a very sweet. IRC chat where your, I guess, hacker friends are making jokes and hinting a little bit at a, at a larger world around you, sort of a community light sort of thing. I don't really even want to talk about Ember, the AI who's kind of pushing the, the narrative along. I've found that generally, I, w I would say, I don't know. We'll see where it goes. Let's say that. Uh, but yeah, to your point, you know, like, do we want to talk about difficulty? Nah. I mean, we've, <laughs> we've experienced plenty of difficulty. I think we know that these sorts of games are um, are difficult. 
Uh, the thing that the game is currently kind of making me wonder is, you know, when we play these games, the way that they basically all map out is that programming is seen as a route to problem setting and problem solving, that you use programming to solve a sort of well-defined problem. And it makes me think about game design writ, I guess, larger. I've been playing uh, Breath of the Wild with Felix, and we actually just finished it and fought the last couple of Ganons. Um, and those Ganons, which are big, you know, giant monsters that you fight, they're kind of worksheets as well, right? You apply a series of specific, well-defined uh, instructions to them, whether it's firing light arrows or hitting them with a specific sword or power, uh, and you solve the problem. So is there evidence, do we think, of programming rearing its head in game design? I think yes. What do you think? Saturday. The 3rd of June at 2.51 p.m. And David, I just uh, just missed you. I guess you just missed me. Tag you're it. So, Exapunks. <laughs> I have some news for you. These past few months, I've gotten so great at programming. I'm just mowing through the game like it's nothing. Like it's nothing to me. Uh, no, of course not. That's not true. I, um... Played about a hundred minutes, as Steam tells me, uh, in one sitting here today. Managed to make it through the tutorial levels. There's four, uh, which, as you say, the game gives you a zine, which you're encouraged to print out, but you do need a, a computer science degree to make sure you print it out correctly, so that you can fold it and staple it and turn it into an IRL zine. Um, which I'm guessing you did. I did. I did, and I still want to have the PDF open under. So, uh, you know, I think we will inevitably talk a little bit about the difficulty because, you know, you, even in this first message after you played, you said um, some things about it being easy, and obviously it's, it's understood that you're talking about for yourself, and I see all these people talking about this game being accessible and they're talking about for themselves um but there's like that kind of disconnect and then there's this kind of disconnect you're talking about with zelda and this touches on some stuff we talked about before about metaphors in games or maybe metaphors have come much much more to the bear here um i was doing some reading this past week which i didn't understand uh this was true, at least among UX and UI folks, they were talking about how metaphors um, are very useful for communicating what an object is, its purpose, and how people interact with it. So I don't know if we're talking here about UI versus UX. I think there's this inherent dissonance, recursiveness in a game about coding where you're, we've talked about it before. You're using a fake programming language to do real programming stuff and uh, it's hard for me to parse out, you know, what are just terms here I have to rotely memorize, but the Zelda thing, you know, are games code-like because a coder knows code and knows what's under it? I mean, is this a thing that's always there whether players know it or not? Probably, maybe. I mean, are we sort of saying that there's like some pure essence of game here and is it really code? And, and uh, is there stuff in Exapunks that 
you know, is there a purity here that maybe we're not seeing in other games in general, but also other coding games we've seen so far? I don't know, because I just got through the tutorial, so. <laughs> Bye. Monday, the 5th of June, at 1.20 p.m. Hey, David. Quick message to say that I wrote my master's dissertation on metaphor use in um, user interface design, weirdly enough. Topic for another day, maybe, but yeah, uh, agreed. Metaphors are very much smiled upon uh, in interface design as a way to build intuitive connections for, for the user in terms of what can be done, like the trash can uh, being, a, being a classic example of that. It's not really a trash can. Um, and that idea of whether perhaps these coding games are revealing of the idea that code is the pure essence of gameness does resonate with early game studies uh, research where there was definitely a group uh, of academics who seemed to be identifying the heart of gameness with rules specifically, a bit of a more of an abstract concept. And, you know, code is really the... It's really the rules, right? The, the code implements the rules, and so perhaps the code is the game in this kind of more fundamental way and therefore reflects game design in a more fundamental way since uh, game design has to obey the rules of code. Uh, but in, um, in Exapunks, we're, defin we're definitely still on the outside looking in in terms of any actual game design. We don't write the rules, uh, but we do kind of see the rules more explicitly because we have to... You know, we have to write out the actions that we're taking. Um, they never really become intuitive or, you know, abstracted away into muscle memory. You still have to, you have to write them out one by one. Uh, and the robots carry them out one by one. So it's much more literal. Um, but yeah, the big revelation for me, having played a bit more this morning, is you appear to be <laughs> really good at this game in ways that... I'm, I mean, I don't want to say I'm surprised you're a smart man, uh, but I didn't think you were this kind of smart, uh, because you finished the highway sign hack uh, better than I did, at least in terms of the number of cycles used. So I'm especially curious now, you know, has David learned how to program? What's your process? How'd you do the highway sign hack? What's going on? Because I really struggled with that one for quite a while, um, particularly trying to identify a way to track... Uh, the position on the sign of the letters I was changing, because you have to give a row and a column. Uh, and it took a while before I recognized I could use integer division and modulo to, to track them with a single number. Um, so are there semi-secret math reserves inside David Walensky I haven't been hearing about? What's going on in that, that big brain of yours, man? See ya. Monday, the 5th of June, at 2.34 p.m. Monday, the 5th of June, at 4.07 p.m. Hey, Pippin, it's David, calling you back. couple things. So, the... Are coding games revealing the idea of code as a pure essence of gameness is... Interesting, and academically interesting, but I always wonder, you know, and I guess maybe we'll get into this in the wrap-up ahead, but... Okay, really, you know, um, 
rubber hits the road, like, what does this really tell us about games, you know? The furthest I could take the metaphor thinking about it, since my message when I asked you the question was that, you know, if it's about purity, maybe these types of games are pure, like, clear soda, or Zima, (laughs) that is to say, like, these are games without any of the other artificial sweeteners or coloring agents, Um, but to your most immediate question about my process and my considerable intelligence and aptitude you're discovering, the truth is, uh, I'm consulting answers, eventually. I'm an excellent researcher, but maybe not an excellent coder, so I've actually felt quite hobbled since the third tutorial in the game, which I appreciate in the manual, it says at that point, it says, all right, you're through the tutorials now. Congratulations. Consider yourself a real EXA programmer. There's always more to learn, but the basics are all there. So if that's true, then the game considers me a programmer. I don't. I'm a real EXA programmer, but I don't know WTF I'm doing. So I've hit this point where the problem isn't the language barrier just the problem solving? Like, the registers, various parts of the minutiae involved. Like, I get it step by step, and I think it's easy to get the step by step, but the phrasing, the memorization, the information management, the creativity, the lateral thinking, the prearranging, like, it's all very challenging. Um in a way where I'm able to get very, very close to figuring stuff out. And I can brute force pretty close to the solutions, but to then figure out the more elegant ones, which I think you're seeing, and then uh, get into whatever, I guess, is making me seem like I'm at the front of the leaderboards, it's misleading, because I'm getting very, very close, but unable to really solve uh, anything since the second or third tutorial completely on my own. So, uh, first thing I hit was just that it's, uh, not very transparent as far as, like, what knowledge the game expects you to have versus what you can find out. Like, it started by, I just was, like, looking at a guide online of just what all terms are possible here as far as commands, because it's not all in the manual, and I was trying to figure out, like, okay, if this is the function I want to do, like, how do you tell the computer that, and, you know, you you jump around, and you fill things in, and then you build this part of, you know, these commands, and it goes there, and then you sort of loop it all together, and I get, I get that, but, uh, what I've been doing, yeah, is just, you know, I brute force, I get very close, and then, um, I guess it was a little bit like this in Human Resource Machine, and this is the total opposite of what I was saying in Bots Are Stupid, is I do the real clunky solution, then I figure out the more elegant one based on what's out there, and then I've just been like reading and reading and watching videos explaining answers. So I think generally people's sense of what's approachable here is way off. I think it's more about like confronting and acknowledging the incomprehensibility that's here. Like I find it all a bit hard to take in because the language as I understand it isn't real and so it feels sort of pointless to learn and get good at but the puzzles are fun um 
But there's just all this stuff online of people saying, oh, we're copying solutions instead of making your own. Robs you of enjoyment and learning intended by this game. So I just, you know, I question for you, how are students supposed to learn this if they're not supposed to look stuff up? And, you know, parallel to that, I mean, I would like for this to... Yes, I'm not a coder. I get it. I knew that when I picked it. You know I'm not a coder. You were. You had to be suspicious here. But I just wonder, you know, there's this arc in coding games as there is here of like, hey, we're making you complicit in doing a bunch of bad things. Like, why is that always the ticket? We. Tuesday, the 6th of June at 2.21 p.m. Hey, good afternoon, David. Yeah, no, I uh, I totally bought the sense that you had, I don't know, just unlocked some inner potential and were, in fact, writing uh, nice little programs uh, all on your own. It makes, obviously, it makes sense that you're doing uh, research, um, and I think that that's a sensible way to play a game like this, the... You know, the puzzles are pretty difficult, and I'm sure, I'm sure it does suck some of the joy, such as uh, such as it is out of the game. Um, but I also think a game like this is essentially impossible uh, for. I mean, I would imagine anybody who doesn't already know how to program. Um, so yeah, a- approachable is very relative. Uh, I think it is approachable for a programmer, um, and I think there is a lot of fun uh, and interest involved for a programmer in having these sort of well-defined, narrativized problem spaces to kind of play around with, or rather to to just to solve. Um, because I think for a lot of people who program, you know, for their job or regularly, uh, one of the things about programming is it's, it's massively ambiguous, I think, a lot of the time. And you have to do huge amounts of work just to understand the problem space and to understand your options and so this kind of game where all of that is stripped back is made clear um, and you just get to do the kind of the cool bit uh, with your programming knowledge is is appealing Um, but definitely you know computational thinking not included uh, with this game and essentially with all of the games that we've been looking at right Um, and one of the things I think too uh, that's weird about maybe all of the games we've been playing um, it's showing up for me here is the way that, you know, to learn computational thinking or to like when you really think about what it takes to, to do this kind of work, it's about highly repetitive tasks, uh, right? You have to repeatedly do the same thing over and over again in very slightly different contexts uh, to pick up on how programming works. If you're learning it um, or if you want to get to grips with it, um, you need the space to sort of play in a very, very constrained, very repetitive environment. But that's at odds with um, with game design, where you know game design really needs to to engage you um, and to make things seem fun. It's got to be like it's got to be new each time. You can't just repeat yourself because the player is going to get bored. But you know, learning computational thinking, learning programming, just I like at some fundamental level, it's. Uh, it's boring. It's drill-based um, to to get used to that stuff. Um, so the games are a way to exercise uh, established computational thinking, um, established coding, uh, you know, ways of knowing, ways of of, of practicing. But they're not really going to teach it to you. That's still it's still like 
I think it's still educational to play a game like this, um, but it's not going to teach you how to do it. Um, because code just isn't easy or intuitive at a sort of fundamental level. It's not, it's not natural um, to think that way. And I think maybe Else Heartbreak was the best at making it seem accessible, right? Because the world there gives you so many chances to dick around uh, without pressure. Um, but as soon as it's the worksheet version, which um, Exapunk says, I'm just, I'm all business. But you know, you're a, you're a dicker arounder, <laughs> David. Um, does Exapunks uh, provide you any interesting affordances for, for dicker rounding? For dickery? Hickory dickery duck? Tuesday, the 6th of June, at 4.50 p.m. Hey, Pippin, it's David. Just returning your call and confessing that it was um, the limitless pill that I took wore off. And in the light of day, after my incredible genius streak um, that I had, I was just looking at the code I wrote in the days before, and I'm just like, boy, I don't know what any of this means. What sort of brilliant mind came up with this? But... <laughs> <laughs> no, what's funny is, you know, I go back and, like, I looked at, like, the third tutorial, the one where I was first, like, boy, I don't know what to do, and based on the printout, the thing that's meant to be holding your hand, I couldn't figure out what to do. I I go back and I look at it now, and it's like, you know, this was only a couple days ago, you know, and today I'm like, oh, of course, you know, this is so obvious. I can read it line by line and understand uh, what it means and why, maybe even a few ideas on how to make it more efficient and I wonder if that'll be true of the one I cracked this morning, which was significantly harder and much more complicated, um, where it was asking you to uh, have your EXA find a file in an unknown location. And I mean, that took me quite a chunk of time yesterday and this morning. And as I'm leaving this message for you now, I've spent about nine hours in the game. And I think realistically, just based on how it's going, it's going to take me twice as long to go half as far um, before either you hit the wall or the tape runs out. And yeah, I mean, I'm stitching it all together phonetically and I have to do it looking up, you know, in an off-site guide, um, just looking at commands because the commands are not all here. They're not all given to you. And so that's what I've been relying and working through is like I understand mechanically what's being asked of me, but how to stitch... How do you ugh, how to stitch it together? I don't know necessarily, and I don't know. I don't know actually that I find it like boring or drill based. I see what you're saying, and I can agree with where you're coming from. I think it's it's this thing we run into all season, right? Of like games that are a little bit like workbooks, but here I really appreciate the repetition because I think it actually gives you a lot of quality of life concessions here you know i really appreciate it. it does some of the stuff i was bemoaning that say human resource machines didn't uh with regards to the friction and testing solutions i mean that's that's gone here in fact if you pay attention to the little chat window thing here subo chat sub d chat i don't know i you can't read anything in this game i mean they do drop some hints about some other quick tips about how, like, oh, if you hold down Alt and click to a certain line in your solution, it'll it'll jump right there. So, I I I I don't know. Maybe what I'm most confused here about is, um, I think you're right. It's educational, but I don't know necessarily that it's teaching you something. I mean, there's something going on here, but I think it's about like 
a general finesse and tweaking to get at the answers that I'm responding to. And I'm like, oh, well, this must be computational thinking. And I realized that <laughs> that's a bit like saying, oh, ice cream is food that tastes sweet. Like, that's not even a neighborhood or a map that we're talking about. That's like an entire atlas. So I think mainly, you know, us mere mortals were forced to try to go off of what programmers say about these things and, you know, some sort of appeal to authority or to understand, like, what's going on here? What's the real deal? What's the opinion? Um, and I know you teach this stuff, and I'm sure you have opinions. So I wonder, A, what do you feel are the real big leaps here that you think are too much for a novice? And B, what are the real big leaps here for someone who's coming in already knowledgeable, such as yourself? Or does none of that matter, and you're just spending all of your time playing solitaire, a.k.a. Uh, dicking ring around? Dicking around? Wednesday, the 7th of June, at 3.39 p.m. Hey David, on a, a grey day in Montreal, I have been playing a lot of solitaire. Um, I have cleared the Exapunks solitaire 14 times now. Uh, how about you? And, you know, the solitaire is actually kind of intriguing, kind of depressing, uh, kind of totalizing, because it it exists inside the game as, as a way to take a break from the game. Uh, <laughs> But it's in the game, so you never need to leave, right? It's um, kind of like casinos trying to find ways to make sure you don't walk out the door, uh, even if that means giving you a free drink uh, or something like that. So you can always be programming or resting uh, from programming near the programming. Uh, but big leaps-wise, I think you're right, uh, pointing to that. Find a file somewhere on the system problem. That seems like a key moment because it requires you... Um, to get to grips with a specific command, um, R-E-P-L, for replicate, uh, which allows you to make one of your EXAs, one of your little robots, um, duplicate itself and keep running, but now as two of them. Um, and that means you have to start thinking about your program running in parallel. So you kind of get used to, over the course of the initial problems, this idea that you custom program an EXA to go and do something. So it's kind of like a little person that goes off and does a specific thing. Sometimes you do two of them and they do their own specific things. Um, and that's more complicated and sometimes they communicate with each other. That's more complicated. But that moment where you have to use the same script to, to drive these replicated um, EXAs, robots, uh, using the same code to kind of do different things or to do the same thing in, in different contexts is, yeah, it's a big programming moment because it's about abstraction and it's about the, the same code being able to achieve something of a higher order um, than something that would be hyper-specific. And I think it's one of the things that my students uh, find difficult when they're learning to code. It's It's one thing to you know, issue a series of specific commands that draw a mouse, and it's another thing to write code uh, that can draw a mouse, except draw it anywhere on the screen um, in different colors, different sizes, different faces or something, right? Those are, di those are different problems. They require a different understanding of how code works. Uh, but the thing I was really interested in is how much you're dicking around. <laughs> you didn't really answer. Are you finding ways to do weird uh, stuff in the game like you love to do? Are you running everywhere? Uh, have you discovered weird Steam achievements for the the dick the dicky roundering uh, that you're doing? 
have you found the poetry in the exapunks? Tell me, tell me. I need to know. Wednesday, the 7th of June, at 5.21pm. Hey, Pippin, it's David. I uh, apologize for... I apologize for playing hard to get with my dicking around here. <laughs> it is happening to us. Pippin, our brains are breaking. Well, because I wanted to know what coding was like. I couldn't handle it. Uh, yeah, no, I realized I didn't. I didn't mention that. Uh, and I think it's because I really don't want to get caught up on this just being a big difficult off discussion because it makes me wonder um, you know what else is there to talk about here other than the fact that hashtag facts this game is hard because I knew that that was true of programming before (laughs) going uh, along this path we've been going along Um, just to say yes you know I have been uh goofing off. I have to clean up the way we're talking here. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get through another message here with a straight face. Um, I've identified there's opportunities on these missions the game sends you out on when you see a little webcam view of where you're in-game dicking around with. um, There's an opportunity there to do some messing around. So, uh, you know, one of the earlier missions, you have to um, do the age-old prank of uh, ordering a bunch of pizzas. That's not what the mission has you do, but it's reminiscent of that old-school prank. Um, it shows you the pizzeria, and indeed, there's an achievement where you can have your exa go off and have a quote-unquote dance party by turning the lights off and on in quick succession. Uh, It's there, it's optional, you can see it's there and it's optional. You don't have to do it, but there's a view of the place and you know there must be a reason for it. And there's another where you have to help your buddy Gast uh, clear out their bill at the copy shop. And there's uh, there's another achievement there. You can see the place again and it lets you know there's something you can do to mess with the physical world. And you do that by printing off uh, literally 1,000 copies of the zine. How you get it or who gets it later, I don't know. Um, but this is like a preordained allowable dicking off. It's in the spirit but encouraged. So I think I just did it just to sort of scrape around and I don't know. It was there, so I did it. I mean, maybe that's sort of the, the age-old credo of this stuff, but... I mean, is that really, like, what we're ultimately saying is, like, hey, man, coding is hard. Didn't you know that going in? Like, I'm curious, you know, what else is it telling you? Okay, bye. Wednesday, the 7th of June, at 10.47 p.m. Thursday, the 8th of June, at 12.41 p.m. Hey David, it's Pippin. Um, thanks for for detailing your dicking around, your goofing off. Um, 
And you know, I, the, the weird thing for me is I didn't see those things at all. Um, you talked about them like they were readily apparent, and I think that they clearly were uh, to <laughs> someone of your mindset. But, I mean, just in the same way that I never even thought to talk to the bosses in Human Resource Machine, um, I just never... I just never looked. Um, and I like them too. I mean, I like the way, just as you said, that they kind of link you out to the real world um, rather than the information world. Um, and so I think one of the things outside, you know, coding is hard, this just in, um, that the game is telling me about is that blinker effect that, um, that coding can have. Um, the idea that you know the problem-solving mentality or the computational thinking mentality can lead you, and by you I mean me, uh, to just think about the problem above everything else and to the exclusion of everything else. Just going to solve this problem, right? I'm going to solve the problem as given to me. I'm only going to look at things that are relevant to the problem, um, and then I'm going to move on. And it doesn't matter what else is there. So it definitely sheds light. Uh, for me, on that kind of stance that I think it's very easy to have towards code and coding, and maybe you you develop it more and more the more coding you do rather than, uh, than rather than the less identify the problem, solve the problem, move on don't play around with the problem because the problem is there to be solved, uh, not to be entertaining or strange um, and it's weird too, because the way that I often encourage my students to engage with code is by playing um, to say. You know, don't worry about what you want to do, kind of problem setting for yourself. Um, just explore what you can get. Uh, dicker around with the code. See what's available, what's possible, uh, rather than pre-building your notion of, I'm going to do this thing, and that's it. Uh, because it leads to, yeah, like you don't have as much fun, you don't uh, learn as much about the possibilities, all of these things <laughs> that literally happened to me uh, playing Exapunks. So... You know, I think it's natural. I think writ large, that idea of focusing in on the problem versus the play is a thing that we do in all kinds of video games. It's like that mentality of doing the missions versus, you know, seeing if you can make a car that can go up the side of a mountain. Um, but maybe, again, is, is code kind of a hyper-intensifier of that mentality that if you know how to code, um, you miss out on the beautiful countryside all around the code. Uh, yeah, let me know if you would. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. Bye, David. Friday, the 9th of June, at 12.33 p.m. Hey, Pippin, it's David. It's, uh, sorry about missing you yesterday. It's been that kind of a day. Well, yesterday, it was that kind of a day. It's been that kind of a day all week. And uh, I was going to call you back sooner, but I just missed a call from a door store in egg county wisconsin it's constant spam calls <laughs> also there's no egg county in wisconsin there's an egg harbor but i'll uh leave off the midwestern geography for you so to the business at hand i played about 12.6 hours exactly of exapunks i just got solitaire last night haven't won a round yet and i think what we're talking about is you know, I interviewed someone last week, and they gave what I think is the best, kindest summation of what it's like to be interviewed by me. And you can speak to this, too, because that's how we met years ago on your birthday. Um, you know, last week, this guy told me <laughs> towards the end, he said, boy, you put the quarter in, you got some good talk out of me. But I do not remember what the question was, though. I'm so glad you asked it. And 
<clears throat> so I think, you know, what we're talking about here in some ways with Exapunks is like, obviously, you know, we're in conversation with each other and we've opened up this space to think as we play and talk about it, but also just to be with games, be with games, go with games. And now I don't know, <laughs> now I don't know what I'm talking about, but in the context of this phone tag, I think it's very easy sometimes to feel this pressure of like, well, we got to make progress. Like that's such an inherent part of games, right? Like you got to beat them, you got to blitz through them. And I think progress here for us is not about beating the game, but more about just seeing what's under the hood. And I think in all honesty, I'm just at the absolute ceiling. Like, and a sort of whiplash has set in of like, most people do not play coding games like this as fast as possible in a single week. I think this is really more of a idle over a cup of coffee, think about it, revisit it, and come back to it, step away. I know you're a big shower thinker, go for a walk thinker like me. Like these are just problems you can't always brute force. But you know, uh, I think One Dreamer also did a good job of showing like this kind of tunnel vision you're talking about. And this is true of video games in general. You know, like they just. I remember writing in a review of Splatoon too that it melts hours. That's a phrase that bothers me, but is stated neutrally. It's just a fact. Um, but I feel the same way about a lot of the interactions in this game with other characters. You know, I can't help but notice that, you know, you're this cyber criminal in the game who lives on the internet, computers of their life, and people are just sort of there to manipulate. And you as the character, you're being manipulated by an AI. So, you know, that's all there. But as time runs out, I just have a bunch of questions. I'm just going to run through them. Do with them what you will. So does this uh, coding in this game, does it repre represent or resemble, you know, what noodling around with code looks like or can look like for you? Does noodling look different in different programming languages? Why, if your character is deadly ill, do they not just glad, why do they just gladly take on a bunch of hacking jobs? Um, are games like Super Mario Maker parallel to this sort of thing, but on console? Are you on the second or third manual? Has this game changed your philosophy on genetic engineering? Is it too late to find a CRISPR game? Friday, the 9th of June, at 2.26pm. Hi David, it's Pippin. Uh, I've played more of the game. Uh, Steam says I'm just under 10 hours now. Uh, it's become a bit of a blur. Uh, you know, programming is a repetitive task. It can be tough to see the novelty um, as you go along, maybe. I do have the second zine slash manual. Um, I'm currently working on a, on a brute force password attack on a gaming console uh, so that I could potentially make games inside this game. And I also played uh, something like Bot Wars, uh, which was a game of hacking in this hacking game, uh, which is to say that these programming games are all very much often about themselves. Yeah, the, the referent is so close to the sign that there's barely a gap. Um, and yet you can noodle in that gap. I think I do noodle in Exopunks. And I think a strong point of the game is that combination of clarity and brevity um, in the challenges and the language and the visuals uh, that makes... Something that's not very noodly, noodleable, so I noodle up the hill, you know, trying to make progress with blinkers on, but it still feels like noodling. You know, maybe this will work, maybe this will, what if this, what if that, on and on. And I'm a better programmer in this fictional language than I was when I started and than I was two days ago.
Uh, but am I happy? Are you? Friday, the 9th of June, at 2.47 p.m. 10-4, good buddy. This is David. guess I'm leaving my final word somehow already on Exapunks for you. Um, and I guess this will be the last I have to say specifically this season as the tape runs out and it's time to move on. Um, yeah, I think I can echo everything you said. I Obviously, the skill level is different, but I feel like I've gotten much better at programming in this game. Um, but there are limits, and I think it's just, you know, I think I have to regroup and come back to it. <laughs> Especially after, you know, juggling everything else one does in life. So, the question if I'm happy, weird week to ask me that. I'm just very happy because a weekend is upon us soon. And, yeah, I mean, we'll get into it in the wrap-up. But I think I just have one final question for you on the topic of happiness and exapunks. Have you made the dumpster donuts recipe at the end of the at the end of the first manual? Two things that go great together: trash and food pastries. All right, bye. Sunday, the 11th of June at 6:03 p.m. Monday, the 12th of June, at 10.05 a.m. Hey, David. I, uh, I kept meaning to pick up the phone on the weekend, but I just uh, just didn't get to it. And now, of course, I call on, uh, on Monday morning and I get the answer phone. Uh, but that's fine. We are done with Exapunks. Um a game of sending little robots into little places to do little things uh, with big consequences. I sent uh, three EXAs into my my bloodstream, my nervous system, uh, and they're helping my heart to beat on time so that I don't die. Crucial. Uh, but then I also sent some in to unlock that game system I was talking about. The password was 475 if you need it. And I think, you know, I think about those EXAs in, in my nervous system that have to work on and on and on because, you know, I don't want my heart to stop beating. But then I also think one of the neatest things about writing these programs um, and because it's about infiltration, and it reminds me of Hacknet in this way too and the obsessive deleting of logs, uh, but, you know, one of the nice things about Exapunks and the programming is that it's so tidy uh, because you need to leave no trace. And so after the EXAs have kind of done their work uh, in whatever file system or server uh, that they're working on, they always issue that one last command when they know that their job is complete and that they can, you know, rest <laughs> at last and stop the cycle of code, they just say, halt. End of messages. Thank you for calling GameFin. For more information, please hang up and dial GameFin.life. Goodbye.